very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Famburgas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, by now, after so many years, you know what to do. Just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Give yourself the gift of truth. What are aliens? Where do they come from? Are there different types? What kind of technology do they possess? And are they just using physics in its true form? Why are they here? Have they always been here looking over us? Are they the watchers? These are some of the questions we will discuss with tonight's special guest, Patty Conklin. Patty Conklin believes that when the universe began, a cacophony of tones, which we now identify as frequency, echoed throughout the universe, and they were both chaotic and highly ordered. We can use that knowledge to impact our physical lives. Paddy Conklin has learned that everything in the universe has a frequency, and that quantum physics goes hand in hand with metaphysics. Even though we are taught that the two are separate in her work as a healer, she has learned from the work of Bruce Lipton on cellular biology and Richard Gerber, on vibrational medicine. She has developed a toolbox, a method to use the frequencies of light and sound to heal thousands of people. But this is not what we're going to be discussing tonight. We're going to be discussing something else. We recently conducted an interview with Patty on Sanitas Radio titled, How Life Really Works. What is the real source of health and healing? And during that interview, I uh, found out that Patty has had encounters and she has had a life that is worth exploring on this other radio show we call Veritas. If you need to learn more about Patty and her work, her new book, The Gut Within, visit her website at pattyconklin.com, which is also linked at ours. So directly from Ackworth, Georgia, I'm privileged to welcome Patty Conklin back. Welcome back, Patty. How are you? Thank you so much, Mel. I'm doing fabulous. I'm so happy to be back with you. It's great. Now we can actually... Ask all the questions that I couldn't ask you on the other side. The other side is mostly dealing with uh, untapping and unlocking the full potential of humans. But here, we try to discover the secrets of the universe. So let's start from your story. I read your bio, but tell us more about you. Take us back from t- to childhood and give us a better perspective of who you are. Wow. Thank you. Um, childhood. I've I've had my what I consider gift of sight 
um, since birth. And uh, what that means uh, in today's terms is that my site is more particle um, than it is actually solid. So if you were watching television and the cable went out and you had snow on the television, that's the way my world looks 24 seven. Um, so as a child, it began developing and I was able to see things within the body. Um, but I really, not until I was in my early twenties, did I really understand, um, what it was that was different. I really thought everyone saw this way. I was very isolated as a child and, and, um, really didn't have a lot of close friends. And so I never talked about it because I just kind of assumed that everything was uh, in the same order. Um, and it wasn't until I was 28 that I was tested. And we found that I had an extremely high IQ and a very fast brain and uh, almost 250% faster um, than an average person. And so it creates this ability to see similar to an MRI. Um, and so I developed my work. Um, uh, 19 years ago after getting a visitation from what I call father, um, without any religious context, <laughs> just a male voice that I heard, um, telling me that it was time to start the work that I had uh, been told to do as a child of seven when I had my first visitation. Um, and people throughout the years have said, well, how do you know they weren't aliens? And I'm like, well, it could have been. Um, I just know my life has been of service. And so I don't really care who the information's coming from. Um, but it opened up a lot of questions for me in terms of what's out there. Usually people like you attract the attention of the authorities or perhaps <laughs> authorities from beyond. Which <laughs> Which have you attracted? <laughs> both. <laughs> both. Um, both, both. When I first started, um, I had been on uh, Coast to Coast uh, within a few years of starting the work. And, um, and the next day, I received a phone call um, from the military. And, um, and they, it was a general, supposedly. And, um, and he's like, you know, we, we really, we want to hold a meeting of people that we consider to be the spiritual leaders of tomorrow, um, to really, you know, how can we help the world and, and just look at it from, you know, from, uh, the standpoint of, of economic growth and spiritual growth and so on and so forth. And I was fascinated. I was just hold so on. happy. A, a military man discussing spirituality? Spirituality. Mm. And, and so, but I was naive. I, you know, I was new to the business um, because I had always been in nonprofits and, you know, had been in professional corporations and, and I really, I didn't know any better. But after we talked for about a half hour, um, it became clear to me that he could care less about my thoughts on spirituality. Um, his thoughts were centered on, we want to know how your brain works. You know, your brain is so unique. We want to know how it works. And what really tipped me off was when he told me that it would be in New Mexico and that they would pick me up at the airport and that I was going to be with them for three days and my children would not be able to contact me, nor would they know where I was, that it was going to be held in secret. And I said, you know, I don't think I'm interested uh, in attending. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that. 
and um, he encouraged me and and he got kind of nasty towards the end and I just said no I wasn't interested and um, within the hour the local uh, sheriff pulled into my driveway and I went out and he just looked at me and he said I just want you to know we know where you live and left the sheriff the sheriff yeah so so there had been and and the other interesting thing that uh you know how the recruiters always go to high school you know mm -hmm. to talk to the kids about joining the services and so forth right. both of my biological sons um were pulled in um at first by the navy and um and the boys came home they're like yeah we met with the naval recruiters today you know both of us and i'm like really and matt's like yeah it was really weird they didn't want to know anything about us they were asking questions about you and i thought wow and and dan came home and said the same thing that that the questions were all based around me and uh not about them that it was clear to them because they didn't know um, and then they started talking to their friends and their friends are like, why were they asking about your mom? You know, they talked to us about us and what our goals were and so forth. Um, they weren't asking about our family. So yeah, there's, there's been some, some interesting times that, that not only for me, but, but for the boys, um, certainly, uh, that was a quite an experience for them. Well, they say the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, so they might as well, <laughs> if they can't get the mother, they can get the, the offspring. Yeah. But it's interesting that you said the Navy, because it seems that the Navy is the branch of the military connected to all of this. You would think maybe Air Force, but the Navy, yeah. according to the late uh, William Cooper. But I'm curious, when you went on coast to coast, what was the reason you went on coast to coast? Coast to coast um, was actually on the medical intuition, um, and it really focused around my sight and how I saw and um, how I saw the world and my philosophies of, you know, how we heal and and um, diseases and so forth. Um, and I was amazed that I was I was asked on because you know, at that point, they weren't really doing what they considered to be psychic or intuitive. It was really outside the genre. Um, and yet I was told later on that it was one of their biggest shows um, of that year. So um, so it was just interesting that that, that just kind of fell into place. It's also and, interesting that when they came to you and you declined after you realized you're probably going to be going to who knows, Los Alamos or right. uh, Sandia or some underground base, and you're probably going to be put under a gurney and under, uh, who, who knows what they would have done to you. But how do you know you were not actually taken by them eventually? You know, I mean, I could have been, I could have been, I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought it was so bizarre and it was a, it was a really intense time period um, because not only was I getting that, I was, you know, I was getting that from, you know, those kind of phone calls. I was um, doing some lectures at Global Science, uh, which I think is now defunct. But um, at the time, I really didn't fit Global Sciences either. And I was being asked there. And I'll never forget, and this was the same year as being called from the military. I was at Global Sciences. And there was a group there, a, almost a cultish group. And... Um, and they walked up to me and they said, your son, Daniel. And at that point, I was very protective of the kids. You know, they were they were um, 12 and 13 at the time. And uh, and this group just walked up to me and I didn't advertise my sons. And they said, your son, Daniel. 
your oldest son, Daniel, is the reincarnation of Enoch. And we need you to bring him into this group. And I'm just looking at him like, no. And, and they're like, he will die by his 19th birthday if you don't bring him into the group. And I'm just like, yeah, get away. Um, but I can't tell you how many people who do not know Daniel has said exactly the same thing, that he's the reincarnation of Enoch. So, so for me, not being a part of this world, you know, I never discussed psychic or intuitive stuff as a teenager with my friends and so forth and kept it pretty much, you know, to myself, um, through my adult years. Um, this was a whole new spin on stuff that I had never been involved in before and, and didn't know what was really pulling me into, um, that nexus of that kind of information. And, you know, as time has gone on, I've understood it a little bit more. And certainly with Daniel's 19th year, I kept a close eye on him. Um, but, but it opened up a world that I had never seen before that I had never seen before. Um, but I will tell you that when, when I was a kid, um, my, my neighborhood, uh, childhood friend and I would always go up on our back hill. You know, we lived in rural upstate New York and, um, we'd always go up on the back hill. And one day we were five and six years old. Um, and it was before my first visitation. Um, so we were five and six years old and we went up on the back hill and we saw this huge area that was just the dirt, you know, it was just dirt. The field was gone and it was just dirt. And I remember us saying, oh, it must be a meteor. A meteor must have hit here. And we were all excited, you know, we're running down and we're telling our parents and, you know, they're not believing any of it, but, but we both touched the soil and the soil was hot. And in our brains, it was like, it's a meteor. Well, cut to about 30 years later, um, she and I are visiting here in Atlanta. And she said, do you remember when we were little kids and we'd go up on the back hill and the day we saw the meteor? And I'm like, yeah, I remember that so clear. I remember touching that soil and having it hot. And she said, Patty, there was no stone. There was no stone there. And I'm like what? She's like, there was no rock there. It was a perfect circular circle. And we'd sit in that shed right on the corner of the property and wait for UFOs. And I'm like, no, we didn't. And she's like, yeah, we did. I said, there wasn't a shed. This is my parents' property, 45 acres that I know front and back. And I'm like, there was never a shed there. And, and I asked my parents, I said, was there a shed in the back corner? She's like, oh, you, you and Barbie used to go there all the time. I have absolutely no memory of it. But I can tell you to this day, I remember I can still feel the heat from that circle. And she went off and started studying UFOs and, and so forth in, in, her, in her spare time because she's convinced that we were taken um, at that age. So and that I circle, have, that circle is probably the, the, the remains of the landing of a, a craft exactly. that we're saying. Yeah. And that's her memory of it. And, um, and I have absolutely no memory except remembering that I felt the ground and how hot it was. And, and she, in her mind, she's just like, I want to fly again. I want to fly when we were on the saucer. I want to go back. 
And I, and I just, I, and I even blocked out that building, that shed, um, on the property that had always been there that my grandfather had built. So there, there's gotta be something inside of me that just blocked all that out. And then it was two years later when I had quote, what I call my first visitation and my acceleration in terms of my gifts and everything kind of took off from there. So you were six at the time before I that was five, five. I was, yeah. Before that you hadn't had any experience. I had, I had, I, I did have an experience. My, my mother and her best friend were in the kitchen and um, they were having coffee and I walked in and I looked at my mother's friend and I saw sperm go into an egg and, and I was only three years old, but I knew that that was a sperm and I knew that that was an egg and that she had just conceived a baby. And so I started jumping up and down and yelling and I was so excited and I'm like, Oh, you're going to have a baby. What do you mean you saw a sperm go into an egg? I, I literally saw like an x-ray of a sperm going into an egg. But, but the unnerving thing is, is that I understood what it was that I was looking at and that I knew she had just conceived it. Now, what three-year-old knows how a baby's made? I don't know. Right. So, so I was so excited and they started laughing and then she looked at me and she said, no, I'm not. And, and her body flashed in front of me and her flesh flashed in front of me. And because I was only three and I didn't know the difference, I said, oh, but you're going to die when the baby's born. And my mother backhanded me so hard, she knocked me through the living room or the kitchen wall into the living room. And I remember just coming up filled with blood and and just looking at her saying, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? And my mother's like, don't talk to me. Just don't come near me. And and nine months later, her her best friend died in childbirth. So, so you know, there were experiences before the five of that that time period but i mean i just remember being so excited to see a meteor hit the earth and 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 you know to touch it and feel the heat and how hot it was and everything and have no other memory of it and to for her to have all of these memories and was shocked that i didn't you know that i didn't reason out that there was never an actual meteor there. And I'm like, I've never thought about it. It's never come into my brain since. And yet I had what I considered to be a visitation two years later. Why do you think she has recollection, but you didn't? You know, I just, so much of my gift, I believe has grown because I've been so isolated in my world. And, and because I was such the, 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 off kid. Um, you know, I was the kid that, that didn't know how to socialize. I, I didn't know how to make friends. I was very shy. I'm still very shy. Um, I don't like to be around a lot of people. And so what that left was an internal growth and observation. I was always observing human beings. I was always observing um, humans and how they interacted with each other and how they spoke to each other and, and the behavior of them and, and so forth. And I even found that I continued that kind of languaging until I was in my mid-40s and realized that I discussed people as human beings and not fellow people. Um, I was always observing the human beings. And, um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that 
if I had had those memories or whatever, um, it may not have isolated me to the extent of where my gifts have grown today because my grip, my. Thank you for listening to unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more subscribe to Veritas plus now gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.